Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. I can't believe this is my 100th episode. When I first started my podcast two years ago, I had no idea that it would get to 100. I don't know if I had an idea about where it was going to go or how long I was going to do this. You know, it's interesting when you start on a journey. You know, they say it's the journey, it's not the destination. So maybe that's why... I never actually thought there would be a destination. It's just I'm on a continuous journey. And there's nothing wrong with that because once you get to a destination, then you're done. You're you're there. The journey's over. I like to think that continuing on a journey is allowing you to grow to learn more about yourself, to learn more about others, because I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many wonderful people, learning so much about them, sharing our stories, our connections, our love of coffee, of course, because after all, it is Coffee with Jenny B. But it's not just about coffee. You know, I've had people ask me, so what is your podcast about? I don't like coffee. Well, it's conversations over coffee. Whether you're a coffee drinker or not, you're still going to have conversations in a coffee shop. They don't call it a tea shop or a hot chocolate shop. It's a coffee shop. (laughs) And so it's having a conversation. And I have the privilege of having conversations on my podcast. Now, it's not as, I don't want to say not as good, but it's not as perfect as if we were sitting face-to-face or across from each other, enjoying our coffee, tea, hot chocolate, water, whatever your your drink of the day is, and then just having that conversation. But this is the next best thing. And when I think about how I got started with my podcast, 
it was a leap of faith because two years ago, if you had said, you know what, you're going to have a podcast and you're going to be recording your 100th episode, I would have said, you're crazy. That's not going to happen. There's no way I can do that. But the universe, of course, has their own ideas and they put signs in front of you. And it's up to you whether you notice those signs. And fortunately for me, I did. And in, uh, in my 50th episode, I talked about Linda Drostovich, who was my coach at the time, who convinced me that I should do this. I should concentrate on my Coffee with Jenny B business. And then how do I get started? Well, Linda happened to mention that she had a podcast and she was doing it with SNS podcasting. And so I reached out and connected. And my special guest today is someone who is not only a wonderful person, just absolutely lovely, but who helped me establish my voice, my podcast, helped me with figuring out what my voice is actually going to be. And not just my voice, my talking voice, but my voice, my presence, my how I project myself, how I'm presenting myself. And my special guest is Shalinda Kirby. Hey, Shalinda. Hello, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Now, we met, it was 2019. Well, of course, I, I had heard you on the radio, but we met in person. And I remember it was at Garbanzo's. And we were uh, just sitting around having drinks. And I had uh, mentioned that I was going to start my 60 Days of 60 Coffees journey. And you had mentioned that you were turning 30. And you thought, well, maybe I'll do something for my 30th birthday. But because uh, I don't think coffee was your thing. And I had said, well, why don't you look at finding vegan restaurants? Because, you know, you're a vegetarian. Well, vegan or vegetarian? Vegetarian, but I do okay. enjoy vegan food as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, and, uh, and so I remember having that conversation and uh, we, we both kind of laughed about it. And, you know, here we are and, and, uh, and you're turning 34 tomorrow. That's amazing. Happy it birthday. It is kind of, thank you. It is kind of surreal to be joining you talking about the first time we met when I was approaching my 30th birthday and now I'm turning 34. <laughs> time flies, but uh, yeah, a lot of, you know, good conversation happened that day. And I think that kind of launched you into finding your, your, like you said, voice and your confidence. And uh, I just feel so privileged and honored to be a small part of the reason why you're doing what you're doing right now. Oh, well, thank you for that, Shalinda. Uh, but I wouldn't say small part. It, it, was, a, it was a big part. And uh, I know between you and Natalie, um, you know, starting me on my journey at the beginning. And I remember it was my third or fourth episode. And I was talking about the, um, the different coffees from different regions. And you 
asked me on, I think it was on Voxer at the time, you had messaged me and said, okay, I just listened to the episode and um, were you reading? And I said, uh, well, yeah, I was actually. <laughs> and you said something like, okay, don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great advice because I think I was trying too hard. I was trying too hard because I wanted to talk about, I think at the time I was talking about um, coffees from, my favorite coffees from different regions. So there was um, Costa Rica, there was uh, Ethiopia and Mexico. And of course, I couldn't remember everything. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll print it out and I'll, I'll read as I'm going along. But you pointed out and it's like, no. And, and what you said really stuck with me to this day. You said that you're not being authentic and speak about what you know. And that really stayed with me because I thought you're right. Why am I trying so hard? Why, and why am I talking about something and giving them the history and so on and so forth when they can just look it up themselves? You know, I, I don't need to be telling them that. I need to share my story. What does this mean to me? What about the coffees? You know, not about the regions and, and all of that, which is interesting. But if we were having a conversation, I wouldn't pull out my phone. It's like, oh, let me tell you about the history of this coffee from Mexico. <laughs> you know? You'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> let me read from this Wikipedia page. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really encourage a lot of people to be authentic because we live in such a society that uh, encourages perfectionism. And I think that I'm all about breaking that perfectionism expectation where you know, you take a photo and you're like, let's take it again. I can do a better face or I look better in a different photo or I work in radio. So there's, you know, a lot of what I do is live. So what you get is, you know, what you get because it's it's just going live. But oftentimes when I'm recording something, I used to be uh, really bad at saying, okay, I'll read it again. Let me do another take. Let me read the script again. Or uh, I don't know, I sounded kind of weird there. Let's do it again. And then I realized one day that like the most authentic thing you can do for yourself is strip yourself of those perfectionist ways, unlearn that from, from yourself and be more authentic and, and be okay with the first photo that was taken. Be okay with the first, you know, script that you read. And, and that's just how you, how you should live your life. I feel. I agree. But you know, what's interesting about that aspect of it is that when you are, let's say, well, with a photo, I mean, we tend to be critical. I think most of us, well, especially women, um, guys, I guess not so much. It's like, yeah, it's a photo, whatever. Although I digress because Frank, you know, he'll say, oh, I don't like that angle. Take it again. <laughs> you know, but that's just Frank. <laughs> but, but most of us, we, we tend to be really critical and it's like, oh, I look at those wrinkles or look at the, you know, double chin or whatever it is that we're so critical about ourselves. And yet others, they don't see that. They see your smile. They see your eyes. You know, they don't focus on the things that we think they are looking at. But when you are voicing something, you know, like if you're having a conversation, like, you know, I think about having a conversation with someone and there's that awkwardness, you know, like you say something, then I say something, and then there's silence and you're kind of looking at each other and then you're looking away. Okay, so who's going to say something next? And it's just really kind of stinted and, and, and 
I don't know, like it, it doesn't feel like you want to have that conversation. And yet other times you can be talking and you're talking over each other and you're laughing and it's just a natural feeling. You feel that you could just talk forever. So when it comes to my episodes, I've actually done that a few times where I have this great idea that I want to talk about something and then I'll start to record it and it's like, ah, it doesn't feel right. So I'll stop. And then I'll try a different angle and I'll start recording and then I'll stop. And I think I do about three. I think three is sort of my max. And then if I, if I can't get it at the third time, it's like, yep, no, I can't do that. And so I I completely scrap that idea of doing it because it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like I can just talk about that in a way that sounds authentic and that I don't have to struggle. You know, when I'm struggling to do something, it's like, why am I struggling? I need to take a step back and think about, do I really need to do this or do I need to do something else? Authenticity is something that I think a lot of people are absent-minded about without realizing it. Like, Early on in my broadcast career, I had a boss of mine say to me, um, why are you trying to be like one of the guys? And I said, I don't know. I'm just trying to fit in. And that boss told me, you're trying to be somebody that you're not. You're not one of the guys. You're you. You're Shalinda. You're a woman. You're a strong, independent woman who has the confidence to speak on things, but yet you seem to want to play into a character that you're not. And it was right then and there that I realized that the only thing that was going to get me a successful career in the radio world was to be me and not pretend to be anybody else. Uh, We're a personality-based industry. So that's something that no one can take away from you is your personality, your authenticity to who you are. And when you talk about speaking on things that uh, you're passionate about, it's much easier. It comes out way more, you know, fluently than speaking on something that you might know a little bit about um, and you're trying to educate the audience on, but ultimately it's not something that you could give a TED talk on, right? So I try to stick to things. My my mentality is if I couldn't give a TED talk on this in 10 minutes, why the hell am I talking about it? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I try to be authentic that way. And you're absolutely right because if it doesn't come naturally and if it doesn't come from a place of passion, you know, when I talk about my students, you know, if they're talking about why something is important and they have to read their notes, my question to them is, okay, well, obviously this can't be that important if you have to read about it. You should be able to speak about it from a from a place deep inside of you. This is really important. Why? And I'm going to tell you why. And I don't need to read notes. Same thing. If they're trying to persuade me to do something, if you have to read it, how persuasive are you? How are you going to sell me on something if you can't convince me that this is what I should do? You know, so I'm always just really pushing them to dig deep, find their voice, find their passion, and really be true to who they're, they are. And I really think that my journey of doing this podcast has helped me become a better instructor, a better 
mentor in a way to my students and give them the confidence that they can speak their voice, they can tell their story, and they can be comfortable even though English is their second language, they can still present themselves and be heard. I just want to take a moment, though, to hype you up and shine the spotlight, because as somebody who sat by on the sidelines, and yes, I did have involvement with getting your podcast launched, and I edited it for, you know, a number of episodes before I handed things over to uh, our friend Matt, but I will say it is amazing to watch the woman you are today as opposed to the woman that I met at the very beginning of this podcasting adventure, because you have grown in your confidence. And I think you realized your worth too along the way. I mean, I think a lot of women forget about that and we're reminded by often other women what our worth is. And I just am your biggest fan. I love, love, love seeing the success you've had with this, the fact that you've had amazing guests on within the the community, the coffee community, but also like you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you know, people that you've had some very great conversations with. That's what this podcast is all about. Um, prior to you becoming a podcaster and knowing you as just a human being, you were made for this. You have a story to tell. Your perspective means the world. And there's no one else like you. And that's the whole part of being authentic is no one else on this earth can speak to your experiences other than you. Thank you for that. I, I, that really means a lot to me, Shalinda. And, you know, just, just connecting with you and meeting you and being able to learn from you because with your background in broadcasting and radio and podcasting and just knowing, like you just have this innate way of knowing what works for yourself, for the the people that you've worked with. I mean, I'm going to speak about myself because your advice over the ways, like you would um, send me messages about checking the volume and, and or what's that word? Um, oh, shoot. I can't think. Um <laughs> It's okay. It's like playing a game of, you know, charades. Uh, it's the, uh, the, oh, the, the gain. Thank you. Yes. The gain on the mic. Yes. Little yes. like technical things like that. Yeah. Right. So the technical things. And when you first mentioned about the gain, I'm like, what the heck is that? I don't know what that is. And I remember that you, you sent me actually photos and it's like, okay, you need to make sure that this is this, this is that. It's like, okay, I get it. But it's those technical tips that, allow you to really hone your craft. I mean, I'm probably the least techie person on the planet, but I somehow managed to kind of stumble along and, and make things work. But when you have someone in your corner who is giving you that advice and really helping you to become better at what you're doing, then it gives you that freedom to continue on. And I want to mention something that um, I know I've had a few people ask me, do I edit and pub produce my own podcast? And I said, no. I said, I, I suppose I could. I, you know, there's there's people out there that can teach you this. And, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, if I wanted you to teach me or or I've asked Matt, it's like, hey, can you can you teach me? I mean, yeah, absolutely. But do I really want to do that? 
And is that really where I want my energy to go? And I thought to myself, no, it isn't because I'm more of a creative person. So I need, I need that freedom to really create and be myself, be authentic. When I'm talking to someone, I, I don't use a script. I never start with a script. It's always, let's start with a question. Let's start with whatever. And then we just riff off each other, just like a conversation. You know, you never know where the conversation is going to go. And, and that's the beauty of it because it's again, being authentic and being free. So I'm happy that I had the opportunity for you to edit and produce my podcasts. And now that I'm with, with Matt Kundal at Sound Off Media, and thank you for the suggestion of connecting with Matt, because I really appreciate that. And, and so he's taken me from where you, where I left off with you and now taken me that much further. And so having that opportunity to work with you in the beginning was setting me up for success. And um, I just want to say I'm forever grateful to you for that. Well, thank you. I mean, a lot of people who are creative like yourself, they're passionate. They want to they want to get involved in something. And when they find that thing, and for you, it was podcasting, sometimes they get held back by the little technical stuff in there, right? They think to themselves, well, I can't edit or I, I don't have the skill set to uh, produce or, you know, get my podcast put together and on the right feeds and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just using podcasting as a, an example, but a lot of people who are creative in their craft get hung up in that netting of the hard stuff, right? Kind of, you know, thinking to themselves, how am I going to climb this mountain? Ask for help. There are resources out there. And I think a, a lot of the time people get deterred in a way because they think the mountain is too high to climb or they don't have anybody to help them get there. There's always people willing to help. You just need to find those people. And there's always people willing to be your hype man or hype woman. That's like my personality. I pride myself on being a hype woman for other women specifically in my life because somebody needs to cheer you on. You know, we all need it. We all need somebody to be there on the sidelines going, yes, go for it. You can do this because oftentimes we get down on ourselves and we think we can't do that. So to have somebody there that's in your court cheering you on can help, you know, delegate you into the right channels and say, hey, I know somebody that produces and edits audio. If that's not your thing, but you want to be a podcaster, don't let that hold you back. And yes, sometimes you have to invest in something financially, and that's not an option for everybody. But I'm just trying to let everybody know that if you're letting your passion be held back by certain things, look at those things and see if maybe you can delegate them to somebody to help you so that you're able to continue on doing something that you're passionate about. And you're right. That does stop us sometimes from continuing because we think we have to do everything. And, and really you don't. It's what is it that you really want to do? What, what are your strengths? You know, you, you go back to your strengths and most of us, I think most of us in the world, first of all, maybe don't identify what our strengths are. We know when people say, oh, you're so good at whatever, but you can't, and you just say, oh, it's nothing, you know, it's easy. I, you know, I, 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 I do this all the time. And yet not everybody can do what you're doing. Not everybody has those strengths. Not everybody has 
the ability to, first of all, recognize that, yes, this is one of my strengths and I'm going to build on it. And it wasn't until I took um, Clifton Strengths. Uh, I don't know if if my listeners know what that is, but I interviewed Wendy Hofford. So Wendy, um, she teaches Clifton Strengths. And what it is is a series of questions that will help you discover what your strengths are. And my top five strengths are ideation, strategic, activation, positivity, and I can't remember number five. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's the um, it's the ideation. It's coming up with ideas. I can come up with ideas on the drive. Like we'll have a conversation, and you're saying, "Hey, I was thinking about doing something." Blah blah blah. And I'll have a, like a, a dozen ideas for you right away. And it's just my brain comes up with these ideas. And the thing is, is that I if I get an idea for myself, I want to activated. I want to jump on it right away. When I realize, you know, maybe I should have taken a step back and thought about what it is I'm doing, uh, which has happened a couple of times, but I'm happy to say that it hasn't happened with my podcasting. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Uh, part of the reason I got into the podcasting world was because I saw these people who had such great creative energy about them. They had a story to tell. They had a voice to share. They had, you know, a perspective to give that maybe I didn't have or anybody else had. And they they wanted to do a podcast. They were interested in the idea of, of you know, getting their, their stuff out there. They just didn't have that skill set. So I thought to myself, what can I do to add to that and also help these people be able to do what they want to do, which is podcasting. And so I thought of the idea of creating a business. And I had Natalie that I had, you know, joined up with um, to be able to produce and edit podcasts for people that just wanted to hit that, you know, record button and go. And I think that that's a great service. I'm glad that you're in good hands with Matt, obviously, because, you know, Natalie and I have since ceased business operations. But the fact that there are people like myself and Matt out there that are offering a service so that people can own their craft and be creative and passionate about what they do, it just warms my heart. Well, thank you. And and it, it is a it is a service that many of us don't realize we actually need, you know, and we don't know, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And when you have someone such as yourself and Matt, who are able to step in and say, this is what I can do to help you. This is how I can guide you. This is how I can mentor you and help you to improve on what you're already doing. You know, and I think about podcasters that are making money on their podcast. And I've always thought about the monetization of it. And what can I do to monetize my podcast? And I had a conversation with Matt about this, actually. And he said, do you really need to monetize it? Like, does it have to be about the money? And I took a step back and I thought, you know, not really. I mean, if someone were to contact me and say, you know, hey, I'd love to sponsor an episode or I'd love to be a sponsor for your podcast. You know, I've, I'm a coffee company and I'd love to do it. 
I would never say no. But for me to use my energy to look for sponsors, it, it's again, it's it's more of a business versus a passion versus me being honest and authentic about what I'm doing. And and so I made the decision that I'm not going to actively look for sponsors because, you know, I've talked about putting together a sponsor package and so on. And guess what I did? Nothing about it <laughs> because <laughs> I realized it's not worth it. <laughs> Let me just say this. Something that sticks out for me was my very first day of radio broadcasting at SAIT in Calgary. It's a technical school. I took two years of broadcasting there. The first day of class, we're all like 20 of us. It was a very elite program, hard to get into. I felt very lucky to, to be in that, that classroom to begin with. So there's 20 students. Some of us had varying, you know, um, education when it came to radio. Some of us had worked at radio stations prior to, uh, but we were all there to, you know, get our broadcasting degree and become a part of the radio industry. And the professor walks in, the first thing out of his mouth was, if you're looking to make money, there's the door. And we all just kind of looked around at each other like, what do you mean? We're not going to make any money? Like, <laughs> obviously, like, it's an industry that is, you know, kind of turbulent in the way of like a salary, you know, like I won't get into it, but basically you, you kind of have to start building a name for yourself. And for me, that meant moving around to a bunch of small towns, you know, getting my experience, getting my feet wet in the radio industry. And now here I am on a morning show in Winnipeg, you know, this is my dream come true. Um, but there were years where obviously I wasn't making money and and that was okay. I was still making enough to live obviously, but I er, I realized very early on that I was lucky enough to be doing a, a job that was my passion and it wasn't about the money because if it was about the money I would have made much different career decisions earlier on in my life and my life would look so much different. Um I have friends and people in my group that they work for money. They don't work for passion. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that I can see the difference between who I am because I work for passion and who they are and they work for money. Um, I'd like to think I'm a much happier person because I'm following my passion and not a paycheck. So, I mean, each to their own, but that's just my experience. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've been teaching Zumba for 13 years. So I started uh, obviously when I was 50. And at the time when I started, I I didn't think that 
I could be. I'm, I, I always said, well, I'm too old. Nobody's going to take my classes. And and um, the person that I was working with at the time said, no, you will find your niche. And she was right, I did. But I guess three years into teaching Zumba, I wanted to become part of the Manitoba Fitness Council. So being um, a fitness instructor as part of the Manitoba Fitness Council, it, there's uh, benefits to belonging. But um, in order to teach group fitness, I needed to take a group fitness theory course. It was a three-day course. And I remember the first day, the instructor said to us, if you're in it for the money, get out. And, and we all looked at each other and was like, what do you mean? We're, we can't make any money at this? And Did we have the went, same instructor? <laughs> <laughs> no. But we looked around at each other and thought, well, what do you mean we can't make money? And and her explanation was that if it's for the money, you're not going to think about your participants. You want to put the participants first. What can you offer them in terms of, um, so, so Zumba, let's talk about Zumba for a second. I know that there are instructors out there who are doing it for themselves. You know, they're like showing off their moves and wonderful. I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. And there are participants who love that and who will follow them. But when you're teaching, you need to teach people to learn from you. You need to be able to provide them guidance. You need to be able to give them instructions that they understand that they can feel good about themselves, whether it's at the end of a Zumba class, whether it's at the end of one of my uh, university classes, I want them to feel that I made an impact for them, that they feel good about themselves. Because, you know, if, if I, if I can't get a move, like, let's say I'm, I'm trying to do a salsa, which you're, you're, body is wondering what the heck are you doing and your mind's going like I don't know what you're doing like don't do this but when you finally master doing a salsa you're like ah oh, that's so great that's such a great feeling you know when you finally master that thing that you never thought you could ever do and then you do it and then the instructor's like super happy it's like hey way to go you did it like it, it just makes it so much worthwhile to have that feeling of of euphoria of of completing something that you never thought you could do. Absolutely. I mean the fact that I'm sitting here speaking to you on your 100th episode of a podcast that you didn't even think that you would be, you know, having is a perfect example of that. So I am just again here to just take it all in and and hype you up because <laughs> you followed through and that's like you can speak to that now. You followed your passion and you you fought through those what ifs and and all of that self doubt that creeps up, um, but you focused on what you were passionate about. Yes, thank you, and and I'm still passionate about it. You know, I I I always thought that you know it would become kind of ordinary and just every day, but it isn't because I never know who I'm going to get as a guest. Um, I, you know, sometimes I will, I will ask people if they would like to be a guest on my podcast. And I've had people ask if they could be a guest and I don't have a set description of who my guest should be, 
my prerequisite for interviewing someone is could I have a could I sit across the in a could I sit across from them in a coffee shop and have a cup of coffee with them and have a conversation and I guess maybe that's what it is and we were able to do that before so I feel again very lucky that <laughs> I made it on the podcast <laughs> I think you and I share a lot of similarities, though, because uh, working in radio, I've been doing this now. September will be 18 years that I've been doing this, which is wow. so crazy because Congratulations. I did. Thank you. I did get into radio at such a young age. And that's another thing that sticks out for me is uh, I had a conversation recently where somebody said to me, um, when did you get into radio? And I said, 16 years old. And they were blown away by that because I think most people think of 16 year olds and a lot of them don't even know what they want to do next week, let alone for the rest of their lives as a career. Um, but I was always that kid that knew I wanted to be on the radio. I followed through with that passion. I went to high school and focused my work experience on radio. And then I went to radio, you know, broadcasting school when I graduated. So I kept on it. Um, but still to this day, all these years later, every day is exciting for me because I never know what the show is, where the show is going to go, who we're going to be, you know, talking to, who's going to text in, who's going to call in. Even every day I leave the studios and I walk down Osborne Village, uh, and I, I never know who I'm going to run into that listens to the show or can, you know, recall something funny that we talked about. And, um, that's my favorite part of my job is just like getting to do something like there is not a day that goes by where I'm not driving home from work thinking to myself, I just got paid to do that. Like, that's my job. That's my work day. And again, I feel very privileged to be in a career where I feel that way and I'm able to do that. But um, it's it's that unexpected feeling of just knowing that you're doing what you love. And it's taking you to the right places. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think about the work that you and I have done over the years. So you mentioned working at small radio stations along the way and honing your craft. And now at, at a place where this is your dream job, I think about myself, you know, with Toastmasters. So started Toastmasters, I guess it was 1998. And it was shortly after I started uh, with Toastmasters, I was working at a credit union and being in the marketing, so promotion and so on, and then working for uh, some nonprofit organizations where I would go on TV and radio and, and just present myself and getting that confidence, but then also having the opportunity to teach at the university and then doing my podcast. So all of that is the work that you've done going along. And I remember saying to Frank one day, I uh, I got it offered a, an, another contract position at the university. And I said to him, wow, I'm so lucky. And he said, luck has nothing to do with it. He said, you have worked so hard to get to where you are today. So luck has nothing to do with it. It's because you were prepared to be at the place where you are today. I love that. I really do. Because I think that oftentimes human beings feel that way. We feel lucky, but then we don't realize what we actually did to get to the point where we feel that way. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, lucky, lucky in a way that 
I'm lucky that I get to continue doing what I'm doing Mm -hmm. because I believe in what I'm doing and it's something that uh, brings me joy, you know, and, and uh, makes me happy and is a passion of mine. And I think about the impact that I'm making to my listeners. You know, sometimes you don't know who's listening or who, who even cares what you're doing. And I don't get it all the time, but every so often I will get a message from someone saying, you know, I just listened to your podcast. Um, I love the story, whatever it is. And that's enough. You know, I don't need a pat on my back. I don't need people telling me, oh, you're so wonderful. I love, I love your episodes. I love your, you know, your guests and so on and so forth. I don't need that. I don't need those accolades and I don't need somebody praising me. It's enough that I know that my voice is being heard and someone out there is listening and I'm making a difference for them. And sometimes you don't even know the way that you touch somebody's life because not everybody is verbal about that. Um, And like you said, you just, you never know who's going to listen. I mean, in my radio career, I've had many people come up to me and share stories of like, you know, you talking about my cancer journey has, you know, been very influential for them. And they were, they needed that reminder to go get their pap test because a lot of women put that off. But hearing me talk about my experience with cervical cancer has given them that, like I had an effect on them. Like they, they picked up the phone and made that appointment that they've been putting off for, for, for a long time. That in itself is like the best payoff that I can ever get in what I do for a living, you know, no money will ever reach that for me in terms of uh, reward for what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, it gets back to money because, you know, yes, money, we need money to live on. We need money to pay our bills. But at the end of the day, if, if you're just doing it for the money, where's that passion? You know, and I know you mentioned the difference between doing it for a passion or how you're passionate about it and then just doing it for, for money. And I guess in a way I'm in a position where I can do this and I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the, the word lucky again. I'm lucky <laughs> that I, I can do this because I have other means that allow me to do it and I make it a priority. You know, I, I think about what is important in my life you know, obviously teaching at the university and, and I've been doing that it's six years that I've been teaching now at the university, which I think is absolutely amazing. And, uh, this year I will have taught 10 courses. So for someone who's supposed to be retired, um, (laughs) I'm not, (laughs) I'm probably busier now than I've ever been, but I'm busy doing things that I love. My podcast, teaching at the university, still teaching Zumba, making sure that I have time for Lenny, you know, Lenny, five years old, you know, she's the light of my life. And I remember uh, I picked her up at a birthday party on Saturday and I hadn't seen her for a couple of weeks and she ran and gave me this big hug. And it's like, I miss you, grandma. And it's like, oh my gosh, my heart was going to melt. And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't make enough time for her. So she needs to be one of my priorities and whatever that takes to switch things around is, is what I'm going to do. It's also good to take time for yourself. I'm big on 
like taking care of me and then I can take care of other people because if my cup's not full, how can I pour from it? Um, and I think a lot of people who are busy bees, like you and I, we have a, our hands in many, many different jars. Um, even if you're retired like yourself and you're, most people are supposed to slow down in life when they retire <laughs> instead you are just full throttle, but I can see myself being that way, you know, one day as well. Um, but I think you need to also, you know, take time for yourself and, and make sure that you're, you're focused on your well being because ultimately if you aren't in a good place or you're not feeling good or you're not, you know, um, got enough sleep or you're not eating well enough or you're stressed or, you know, many different things. Life is complicated, um, especially in the world that we live in. So if you're not pouring from a full cup, you got to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. And and thinking about what's important. And, and sometimes, you know, we think about other things that are important. You know, I just listed podcast, teaching, Zumba, and then Lenny where it should have been, you know, me thinking about, okay, am I, am I looking after myself? Am I making sure that family, so, you know, my family and Lenny, and then the rest of it, because the rest of it is going to be there. But you're right. If, if I'm not in a place where I'm healthy and I know that right now I'm dealing with an issue that I won't get into right now, but it's forced me or I guess the universe is saying, okay, so I've been telling you to slow down and you're not listening to me and now I'm going to make you slow down. And so I've had to reevaluate my stress level and think about what can I do to look after myself? And, you know, it's, it's switching your mindset, thinking about what do I need for myself in this moment? Because if I don't look, if, if I don't look after myself, if I don't pay attention to what's going on, I can't be my my authentic self. Last November, I had laryngitis and I couldn't I couldn't speak for a week and I couldn't do my podcast. And so I I croaked out this message saying, Hey, sorry, can't do my podcast because I have laryngitis. But that comes from not looking after yourself and being stressed. And so whatever I can do to reduce that level of stress, be healthy, be present, right? Being present and not thinking about, okay, what happened back in the past is the past. I can't think ahead of the future too much because I can't control what's going on. What I can do is I can control what's happening in the present right now. And what can I do to make it the best experience for me? I think the fear of failure also holds a lot of people back. Um, who isn't afraid to fail? I think we all are afraid to fail in some sort of capacity in our lives. Um, but it made me think of the fact that if you were to get hung up at the very beginning of this podcast journey and say, well, what happens if only five people listen? What happens if only, you know, I get 10 downloads? And the other podcasts are getting, you know, thousands of downloads and they have sponsors and they're, you know, a monetized podcast. It's just like recently I mentor with Big Brothers Big Sisters. I'm considered a big sister. And my little, who is 17, uh, very, very talented when it comes to crafts, beading, jewelry, necklaces, all that kind of stuff. And they recently said to me, I got accepted into a craft market and they were very excited. But then all of a sudden I saw, the look of fear 
and the fear of failure come over their face. And they said to me, well, what happens if nobody buys my stuff? What happens if nobody comes to my table and, and you know, buys my crafts? Does that mean that, you know, I can't go to another market and, and sell my stuff again? Absolutely not. And there may be craft markets where you don't have a lot of sales, but you're still putting yourself out there. You're still showing up for something that you're passionate about, whether five people are going to buy earrings or 10 people or, or or nobody. You're still showing up for you. You're showing up for your passion and you're not letting those little voices in your head hold you back from, from doing it. Mm-hmm. It's about consistency. It, it, it's about believing in yourself because you're right. I, you know, I think I read somewhere and I don't know if the stat is true, but if you, if you don't make it past 10 episodes, you probably won't continue doing it. And I don't know where that number came from. And I'm not sure if it's, it's based on actually actual science or data, but it does make sense because, you know, it's like going to the gym, you know, you go, you go, you go. And all of a sudden one day it's like, you know, I don't know, I'll skip it. And it's that slippery slope. You know, once you skip one, then you skip another and it's like, ah, you know, I don't have time. And, and then you never go back to it. It, It's being consistent even when it's hard. And it's, I, I think about, you know, um, Phoenix and rising from the ashes, you know, you're going through that flame, you know, when you, when you're doing pottery, the pottery doesn't become what it's going to be until it goes into the fire, into the kiln. And then it comes out on the other side. And now it's this, it's this different thing, but it's much better than it was before. And so you're going through those hard times because let me tell you, doing an episode every week is not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. Because thinking about, okay, who am I going to get as a guest? What am I going to talk about? Then doing my show notes and then, you know, doing a little research and then, you know, social media and, and that in itself can be a full-time job, but it's, it's again, why am I doing this? You know, it always gets back to why are you doing anything? What is your why? What is your purpose for doing what you're doing? And for me, it's always been sharing my voice sharing my voice because, uh, oh, that was one of my other Clifton strengths. I just thought about it. Input. Input is num- oh, my number yeah. one strength because I read. I'm, I've am i always been a bookworm. I read, I absorb, I, I take in all this information. Well, it's got to go somewhere. So, I mean, I can't keep it inside forever. So I had a choice. I could do a podcast. I could write a blog. Um, so I I use my information in my podcast. I teach my students. A lot of times I've said to my students, you know, rubrics are important. Grades are important. The assignments are important. All of this is absolutely important. Learning outcomes, absolutely, 100%, very important for you. But if that's all I'm giving you, what are you taking away from it? Instead, I'm trying to reach them on a different level. I'm trying to connect with them. Instead of a teacher-student, it's a person-to-person. I'm connecting with them. I'm asking them to share their stories. I'm challenging them because that is that is where they're going to learn. The rest of the stuff they can learn, but you need to connect. You know, it's about connecting with people. And that's what I'm doing in my podcast is I'm connecting with people and conversations. It's 
connecting with the community. It's bringing the community together and, and, you know, coffee can be the conduit. Um, and, and it's just being free to share yourself, you know, being vulnerable. You know, I, I did an episode, um, recently about my experience, um, being an abused a survivor, right? Domestic abuse of survivor. And I, I thought long and hard about it. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can tell that story, you know? And, and then I thought, well, I need to tell my story. There was that little something inside my, my body that wouldn't let me leave it alone. And, and I was scared. I was scared to be vulnerable. And I don't know whether it's because I thought I was going to be judged or whether, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure why, but I, I finally said, you know what, I, I need to do this. And so I did. And that I think was probably one of the, the bravest things I've ever done. You know, I thought doing the podcast was brave, but that was like, oh my gosh, right. Putting your voice out there and, and, and hoping that someone who's listening will want to share their voice or, or hope that that made an impact on them. I just want to thank you for sharing that because you did reach out to me, I think, prior to that episode and, and you know, kind of opened up about how you were kind of nervous to share that part of your life on such a public platform like podcasting. And it is vulnerable, obviously, to to kind of strip down and be behind a mic and share your story. But if you don't share your story, who is? And Again, it, all it takes is one person to hear that story and feel validated and like they're not the only one that's gone through an experience like that. So that's why I always encourage people to share their truths, share their stories. Don't fear what other people might think because ultimately they're going to think it, we're humans. <laughs> and we can't we can't make everybody happy. You know, if I if I lived my life every single day in fear of what somebody might think that I say, I wouldn't be where I am today. So um share share those truths, share your story because again, you're the only person who has that perspective. And that's why I'm so proud of you for getting to this episode. And not only just sharing that story in particular, but I've listened to many of your episodes and I truly feel you you spoke on human connection. I feel like when I'm listening to coffee with Jenny B, I'm there with you. I'm sitting across from you at a cafe or, you know, my living room with my cats, having a, a cup of joe, you know? And um, and and that's something that I think. You need to be proud of because there's no one like you, Jenny B. No one. <laughs> oh, thank you, Shalinda. Absolutely. And you know, um, I appreciate those words because I I never wanted to be anybody else. I I always wanted to be true to myself. And I think I was a little bit like you. You were trying to fit in. We all try to fit in, mm -hmm. and you can't. You can't fit in because you can't be like everybody else. I mean, if we were all the same, life would be pretty boring. You know, I always so say, be a Fruit Loop and a bowl of Cheerios because that's the <laughs> world. Because you know what? Being beige and floating in a bowl of, of, you know, milk in this world is boring. Be a Fruit Loop. <laughs> be a Fruit Loop. I love that. <laughs> 
I want to touch on something you mentioned in terms of a cup of joe, because that's something that you and I, we have someone in common, Joe Vaiello. So, and I know that you and Joe and, and Philly were on 97 and now you're on 92 together. And I, I just love this synergy and the energy between the three of you. But with Joe, I mean, he loves you to bits and he loves me to bits because <laughs> he's always like, you know, just, he's just such a, Oh, he's such a supporter. He, he just, he cares about people and he is very vocal about sharing how much we mean to him. And uh, I just, I just think that, you know, I'm going to use the word lucky again. We're so lucky <laughs> to have him in our lives. <laughs> well, I will say I've worked with Joe on the show for the past five years. It'll be five years uh, this July and watching him like work a room of people or just watching him interact with humans is I'm like, honestly just blown away at the effect that he has on people. And I've, I've taken a little bit of that into my own life, watching Joe be that way, because ultimately you can't bring up his name with one per without one person being like, Oh my God, I love Joe, Joe, mm -hmm. you know, Joe. <laughs> No, I honestly have never in my entire time doing a show with him have heard one bad thing about the guy. And it's because of the way he treats people. Yeah. He lets people, he listens and he makes you feel validated and heard and he is encouraging. And again, I talked about me being a hype woman. He's a bit of a hype man. You know, he's there to cheer you on on the sidelines when you don't believe in yourself. Or even if you do believe in, your, in yourself, he's there to remind you. So, I mean, that says a lot about a person. And, like, I strive to be like Joe every day I get up, honestly. Yeah, he's he's the best. You know, he, and he, and that, and that's actually, I don't know if I want to say that it's a tagline that he uses, but he always says, you're the best, yeah, you're the best cuz, you know, like he's just always just that cheerleader, you know, the, the, the one that, that is always giving you support and telling you how, how good you are. And he's so generous with his time and with his energy. And I mean, he's, he's everywhere. I mean, uh, you know, Everybody wants Joe to be an MC because he does such a good job. And when you talk about how he reads the room, he's so on point. His his humor is never over the top. It's never derogatory. It's always funny and clean. And and he's very respectful. And that is that is that is such a, a quality. You know, he has integrity and all the rest of it. And so I think. I want to say that we are better for it by knowing someone like Joe and having someone like him in our lives. I think it speaks too to the fact that you and I surround ourselves with people like that. Um, I don't have room in my life at this point for people who don't support me. Um, I, I kind of, I had to do a bit of a U-Haul that way where I had to look at the people that I had in my life a couple of years ago. and. I was at a standstill with feeling motivated and encouraged in, in what I was doing in life. And I realized there was not very many people cheering me on that I was allowing in my life. So I shifted that and I've noticed a huge difference. The people you surround yourself with 
will always have an effect on how you function as a human being. So if you're surrounding yourself with negative people, people who criticize you, people who bring you down or question you or any of those, you know, I mean, I think we all know what it's like to be around somebody like that. That's not productive for for anybody. And I mean, unfortunately, some of these people can be family members. They can be, you know, people that you don't have any choice in the matter of having them in your life, but you can be in control of how you let them in. I don't go looking for support from somebody that I know can't dish that out. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of people need to shift their energies into surrounding themselves with more of those positive people, the people that are supportive and encouraging and even when you fail, they're there to, you know, give you that pep talk, not bring you down even further. So that says a lot about, you know, the the type of people we surround ourselves with as well. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It 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 really does. It, it's almost like a a mirror of of us or or the person that we want to be and the person that we always thought we wanted to be. But it's it's providing that that support. You know, and you're absolutely right is, is the ones that don't give that support. Um, again, it could be family, could be friends, could be, you know, someone you work with and, you know, you can't divorce your family. Well, sometimes you can, but, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you, you have to find a way of living with them and, and by setting boundaries and being true to yourself and being able to say, you know, this doesn't work for me and to be able to remove yourself from a situation is in some ways liberating. You know, I was thinking the other day, I was um, I was walking down the street and for the first time in a really, really, really long time, I actually felt, I just felt free. Like I, my body was moving and I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, you know, what is my body doing? What is my face doing? What are people thinking? That that thought was absolutely gone. I, I was just, I was walking down the street, my shoulders were back, my head was held high. And I just felt, you know, like that, like Mary Tyler Moore, you know, that, that scene where she throws her hat up in the air and she's like, you know, and then, and then she kind of catches, you know, it, it kind of awkwardly. But before that point, you know, she's all like, you know, just being free. And, and that's how I felt in it. And I loved it. I love that feeling. I always tell people you are in the driver's seat of your own life. You get to determine where you go, which roads you turn on, which ones you back up and take, you know, like you get to decide these things. So if it's the people you surround yourself with, you know, that's one thing. Also, the type of content you're consuming is big, too. A couple of years ago, I did something very valuable for my own mental health. I went through the type of pages I was following on Instagram and Facebook and all of those social media platforms. And anything that made me feel less than or not good enough or uh, negative or even people that made me feel that way, I got rid of it. I don't I don't follow those people. I don't follow that type of content anymore. I only surround myself with encouraging things, you know, things that inspire, um, positive, Uh, obviously like there's a level of toxic positivity that can also get, get to people. But I try to, again, create the world that I want to live in because I'm in the driver's seat of my life. So if I want to continue to be a happy, healthy individual 
and give back, then I need to sometimes reevaluate the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right because it's making time for us. It's what works for us. And we can't have it all. And we need to be selective. We need to protect our energy because as, as someone who is very energetic, I need to make sure that my energy is being used in a proper way because otherwise then I can burn myself out and I can do it very easily. So I need to sit back and think, Does it, is this a, a hell yes or a hell no? And if it's a hell I no, then that. why am I doing this? <laughs> I love that. That is such a great way to look at it. Is it a yes or a no, you know? And like, am I in or am I out? Because if I'm out, like I got no time for this. Right. And your body knows. And if it, and if it's a yes, your body is alive and it's tingling and you're getting, you know, and they say like, a, so there was um, uh, like a J-Lo calls it goosies. When you get the goosies, that means that your body is reacting to something that is meant for you. And if, and if it's just kind of meh, then it's like, okay, out. It's not, I'm not going there. So on that note about, you know, the, the positivity and, and, and so on, I just want to say then, thank you again so much, Linda, for first of all, being my, my mentor at the beginning of my podcast journey, helping me discover myself and discover my voice. Thank you for introducing me to Matt, who has been absolutely wonderful in taking me on the next phase of my journey. And thank you for being my friend and being such a, such a wonderful person, just so generous, so kind, always available for a talk. Uh, we don't have enough coffee, coffee dates, so I want to rectify that um, soon. But I just want to say that I'm so proud of you for what you've done on the radio, how you are just being so authentic. And I mean, Joe and Philly, they are, you know, they're, they're big personalities. And yet you are right in there and you are holding your own baby. So well done. <laughs> I, I appreciate that because I do get asked often, like, how do you work with those two sometimes? And I'm like, <laughs> they're actually not that bad. Um, you know, it's it means a lot to hear that, Jenny. I, again, am so proud of you and uh, to be the guest on your 100th episode is just honestly, it's like watching your kid, you know, out on the ice skating for the first time. Like it's just, it brings me such joy to know that you are following your passions. You're sharing your message. You're using that voice of yours. Um, you are the epitome of sunshine. Like if sunshine was like bottled up, that is you as a person. And I genuinely mean that. I feel blessed to have met you in my life and Joe being the person to kind of, you know, initiate that. Um, so I'm very thankful for Joe as well, because without Joe, I wouldn't have ever met you. So I can't wait for what the future holds for you in this podcast and obviously for our friendship. So yes, let's do coffee soon. Oh, thank you so much, Shalinda. And I'm, I'm blessed to have you in my life as well. So I appreciate everything that you've done for me. So until next time, think about what are you doing now with your life that is stopping you? And if you're starting something and it's hard work and it's something that really makes you happy, just keep doing it. Because you know what? At the end of it, you're going to come out happier more solid, more who you are, and grateful 
that you had the opportunity that you pushed through and you made it happen. And always believe in yourself. And if you want to listen to Kirby, Shalinda Kirby, tune in to 92 City FM in the mornings because they are the best on the radio right now and they make me laugh every single day. So think about what you want to do with your life and then just go do it. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a Cash Kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.